0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode 63 of Believe in Betting LA. We've got college football back. We've got NFL in action. We've got master's action as well. This is on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter at maxwell 713 You can follow my co-host, Lewart at Lou Mandingo Rock. You can follow Stack Capital at StackCap. Cap. And all the great Believe Podcasts at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. Let's bring in my co-host today, Chris. How are you doing today, Chris? Lots of action going on.
1: Yeah. All sorts of fun things going on and nothing like adding another thing to my daily gambling regimen of having to check, uh, the COVID status of everything and conflicting reports. And I've never heard of this website that's reporting this game is canceled. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is 2020. This is the world we live in now. And, uh, I can't wait for boring, right? Like, as bored as I am right, like doing anything, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait for no news. Like, I can't wait. Yeah,
0: remember those days when we complained about only having to bet on baseball last yeah. summer and how bored we were? Man, I long for those days of certainty.
1: Yep, yep. Would be nice, but such is life.
0: Yeah, really, you brought it up, and it's a great point. Um, as cases are beginning to, not just beginning to rise again, we are back to setting, you know, daily record highs in, in COVID cases, COVID deaths. Um that's not just affecting you know America. that's affecting our sports world as well. Um, and while this in a weird way provides an opportunity to, uh, you know, as a, as a gambler, it provides opportunity to separate yourselves from the general public because if there's so much more data points, there's so many more things to worry about, uh, spreads are constantly changing and moving. Games are changing and moving. And that provides one more way to separate yourself as a gambler, but obviously all of us in the Bleed Podcast Network, including Chris and I, uh, just want to see the country back to normal and just want to see people uh, have normal, healthy, happy lives again. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we don't take any of this um, in, in in that way, and, and we will hope the best for everyone as we kind of reach the winter and as things get scarier and scarier. I'm currently dealing with a little bit of an upper respiratory illness myself. I went and got a COVID test earlier this week. It was thankfully negative. Um, but it just goes, goes to show that even people that are staying at home, doing things the right way, wash their hands, it doesn't matter. It can affect anyone at any time. And so we urge you again to, to stay healthy, stay cautious, and um, you know make sure you're listening to your local health officials. Sure. All right, well, this is episode 63, and, of course, we are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. Uh, we're not going to give any Masters picture today, Chris. Obviously, today is Friday the 13th, November 13th. It's uh, as 2020 as it gets. I saw a tweet. Ah. Maybe Friday the 13th and 2020 will cancel each other out, but we'll see. Um, just brief thoughts. I'm just watching the Masters in November. It's, it's, it's very strange. Uh, I've got a bunch of different pools and stuff that I'm doing. Uh, it's been fun watching the Masters. Anything that you're having a keen eye for in any any golfer that you have more money on than others, uh,
1: in a bit of a surprising. First, we had basically have money on everybody. I can't. Uh, I think you've seen in the the Edgefinder Sports Alerts, uh, <laughs> just running through a bunch of golfers you've never heard of every every five minutes, somebody coming through. But what surprised me is we had a fair bit of Tiger shares, and that's just normally like he's so he's so public, right? He's anybody who has any passing interest right will throw down 50 bucks on phil and 50 bucks on tiger and then 50 bucks on whatever guy you know uh espn or nbc has been talking about the week leading up to it right and it it just it, it surprised me that there was value there on tiger to be had and it, it certainly paid off in the in the round one matchups we had him on but for the public i, I mean i can't even it's like betting on notre dame or betting or betting on the cowboys it basically just never happens that it lines up that right. way so uh, with, with it was value. fun right with value yeah definitely with value and and so it was fun to it was fun to kind of have a, a big you know a main horse like that a guy that's that's on the tv yeah. right is being covered all the time but outside of that uh creepy how barren things looked right when you don't have yeah. no you know 50 there. yeah fifty thousand people there and all the stands set up and it's like man you could fit another for fit another nine holes in this in this place <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Look, we've seen it with, obviously, with basketball in the bubble. We've seen it with no fans in baseball until uh, the championship series. Um, We've seen with football a varying degree. You know, obviously, some college teams have fans. Some NFL teams have a limited amount of fans. We've gotten used to no fans. But, yeah, it definitely looks very naked on the course there. And the golfers were saying it, too. You know, when – I forget who it was. Someone hit an eagle, and normally they would, you know – Put their pump fist uh, up to the sky and celebrating the. And uh, Tiger was even saying, you know, usually when I hit a shot, I'll know where it lands based on the crowd's reaction, good or bad. And now it's just silence, and so it's yep. it's very 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 odd. Um, even though this is something we've gotten used to, of course, watching live sports without spectators, it's it's definitely very strange uh, to see Augusta National without any fans or any camaraderie or fanfare of any kind. The Masters has been fun. That's going to be on TV. Uh, the rest of today and, of course, the rest of the weekend. So hopefully good luck to all you betters on the Masters. All right, let's move on and talk about football here. Let's talk about Week 9 in the NFL. We were too late, of course. We recorded last Saturday to hit Week 1 for SC and uh, UCLA. Uh, so we did not have picks for that. And, of course, the Rams were on a bye. So only two picks last week at the Chargers game and our best bets here. I went one zero 0 one I hit on the Raiders Chargers over at 51 and a half. That was a crazy game. We'll talk about that more. Uh, of course, the Chargers thought that they had the win. Uh, it was overturned. It was, it was just, look, vintage Chargers. Every, every week, the Chargers played the exact, every Charger game is the exact same. It always comes down to the final drive, having a chance to win the game, or on defense. It's it's always, always like that. It's, it's absolutely incredible for a 2-6 team to constantly be one possession games and just blowing leads, you know, week after week after week. This is a talented team. You know, it's not just this year. It feels like the Chargers have been doing this my whole life. So it's just one of those things that you just kind of get used to, um, but very easily. I think we both liked the over in that game and that hit uh, quite easily. And then I pushed on my best bet this week. I actually bought, if you remember, I bought the half point to get Bears 7-7. And boy, am I happy I did, because I actually lost by seven. So that was a push. Would have been a loss if I did not buy that extra half point. So I went 1-0-1 last week. That leaves my record at 11-12-1 overall, 6-3-1 overall in best bets. Now, you had a rough week, kind of bookended this last week, and in the first week of the NFL season uh, was in between with some very, very solid weeks here. So now you stand here at 18-17-1 after a 1-5 in five week, correct? Where did it go wrong last week?
1: uh just about everywhere uh lost the lost the teaser again people are going to say stop doing teasers well i don't have one this week because we're doing a day early on friday and uh you're all you're all spared me giving yet another teaser chargers hose me right they lost the first quarter money it wasn't a money line but it was a pick right at minus 110 chargers game pick at minus 105 also a loss of course the chargers remind me of the mid nineties of my youth cubs baseball when the cubs would find new and interesting ways to lose games by errors and you know uh base running mistakes that feels like that's what i'm watching on the football field the chargers just uh, just unbelievable really unbelievable finding new and interesting ways to lose uh which should mean they're undervalued going forward and you should keep hammering them away because the public is going to take the other side uh, Derek Carr played too good. He had over one and a half touchdown passes. The one game I won one bet I won was Herbert having, uh, two TD passes. That was a win. And then I threw a UCLA, hopefully none of you got this because we got out too late, but the UCLA <laughs> under 56 and a half. I had said that the defenses were going to be ahead of the offenses. What I failed to remember is that it appears the offenses and special teams of UCLA didn't practice at all and hadn't gone full speed or any contact whatsoever, Fumbles, 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 muffed punts, fumbles. Just a disaster for UCLA. Uh, I said this when we first started the podcast. Chip Kelly is going to be on Fox Sports West as a commentator any day now.
0: Yeah, it's going to happen soon. And uh, what a weird coaching career for Chip Kelly. I mean, you know, eight years ago, we thought this guy was the best in the game. changing the way in which it's played. And to kind of a lesser extent, we have seen his, his mode of offense really kind of take control in the NFL. But it wasn't him. That obviously brought it to light is, is guys like Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and Cliff Kingsbury, certainly. Um, but we've seen pieces of what he was teaching, obviously, all those years ago uh, in the NFL. So he wasn't wrong. It's just, for whatever reason, he has not been successful wherever he's been. Um, really, since Philadelphia, obviously, with San Francisco, it's an utter disaster there. And this year three, with the Bruins, and uh, a lot of people thought they would have turned the corner last year. They did not. And then this year, of course, they're off to a bad start losing at colorado last week so let's talk about that game the utah utes who are uh they they got their game canceled last week so they have not played a game yet they are two and a half point road favorites taking on ucla uh tomorrow evening 7 30 p.m pac 12 after dark the over under and this one is 59 and a half bruins of course are own one two and a half point home dogs what's your pick for utes at bruins
1: Hard to do it because uh, I just hammered them, but this gets into the whole. You got to take your your mind away from your heart when when you're betting, especially when you take a value approach to things. UCLA plus one and a half in the first half at minus one ten uh, is the bet that was offsides for this game. So maybe now that they finally got a, uh, they use the Colorado game as a practice. Uh, maybe they'll finally hang on to the ball a little bit because they did look better at the game after they after they got their pads warm, after they got hit a couple times, they they evened out a little bit in the second half. So hopefully they take advantage of Utah not having gotten to play and can jump out to that early lead in the first half.
0: This is a, a, a so it's a strange game, right? Because you, you don't have anything to base Utah off of. They were a great team last year, of course, but we don't, we haven't seen them uh, I mean, in about, you know, 15 months or so. You have UCLA that, you know, they, they gave up 48 points last week to Colorado. They combined those two teams for 90 points. So you look at that total, you're like, wow, maybe that's that's the bet. It's taking over 59 and a half. Of course, Utah is a ball control team. They're a running team. They play very good defense historically. So that's why that total is so much lower. So it's a weird game. It's a hard game to handicap. This is not one I have a great feel on, so I'm not very confident in this pick. And I saw, somewhere, uh, I saw a stat earlier this week where it wasn't really a stat. It was more kind of a, a general thing. Um, where teams that haven't played, that got cancellations, playing teams that did play last week, so basically saying fresh teams playing their first game of the year versus teams that are beat up, even only after one week. Uh, you know, you played college football, Chris. You can, you can kind of see just even after one week, there's guys who are banged up. They're not 100%. There's guys that are out the next week, et cetera. Um, so the advantage of the team that did not play the previous week. However, I do like – I'm going to take a teaser here. I'm taking like plus eight and a half. I do like them to keep this at least within one possession – uh, Utah's not the greatest offense. Usually they're a ball control team. I do expect this to be lower scoring than we think, but overall this UCLA offense is going to score and this UCLA defense is going to give up scores. That's my, my <laughs> hypothesis. So I'm going to go ahead and take UCLA plus eight and a half and the over fifty three and a half. So that's my teaser for Bruins and Utes. Let's flip it over to the other side of town. The 1-0 USC Trojans are traveling to Arizona to take on another team that did not play last week. The Arizona Wildcats had their game canceled. USC, or USC excuse me, is a 14 and a half road favorite, and this game is tomorrow at 1230. We talked about it before we got on the air, Chris. One of the luckiest, one of the most fortunate wins I think I've ever seen, uh, Arizona State was just dominating that game. The whole way, Keaton Slovis, props to him, drove the team down the field. But uh, a tipped ball for a touchdown, an amazing <laughs> onside kick. I mean, just, just one of those wins that you just yep. gotta shake your head. Wow, how did that happen? So USC, you know, maybe can use this to their advantage, take this momentum and swing with it. A lot of people think they are the favorite, certainly in the Pac-12 South, but not just the Pac-12 South, in the Pac-12 overall. And some of them even think they're a dark horse, potentially, for the playoffs. So what do you think here? Can they win back-to-back games? Can they cover a 14-and-a-half point spread at Arizona?
1: I actually kind of wanted to take Arizona here just because of that 14 and a half hook. But I do think USC is going to just the same with with UCLA, right? Having gotten that game uh, under their belt and gotten incredibly, incredibly lucky to get on there with a win. The bet is under 34 and a half for the first half at minus 110. That's where the value is. And I think you just hope that Arizona is because they didn't play. Again, a little rusty. Hopefully, they hand the ball. The thing that kills these unders, and that's what happened last week with uh, UCLA and Colorado, is turnovers. So you need ball security. You just got to, you know, one first down, punt. One first down, punt, right? But that's where the value is in this game, under 34 and a half in the first half.
0: Okay. So Chris is going the opposite way of what I imagine the public is just yeah. uh, seeing, seeing the, I mean, this over just total is. 68, so 34 and a half. You know, that's the hook there. 35, five touchdowns there. Um, that That's definitely something that I could see moving a little bit more. So maybe wait if you want to take the under and try to get under 35, uh, but certainly Chris likes the under in the first half there. I'm going to go ahead and take USC team total over 41. It seems like just a ridiculous total, 42 points to win that one. But, you know, Arizona historically doesn't play defense. They score a lot as well. I think this is going to be one of those higher scoring games. I'm not necessarily loving the 68 total but i do think usc moves the ball here they kind of figured it out late in that second half uh, against uh, uh arizona state last week and arizona State, you know you look at the two defensive corners marvin lewis and antonio pierce i mean that is as as nfl seasons as it yeah. gets so uh, if they can move the ball in that sun devil defense i think they're going to at will move the ball on this arizona defense so Again, uh, I'm not going to take the 14.5 either. If you want to buy the half a point, I I do think USC controls this game pretty easily. uh, But, you know, you're just not getting... It's designed in a way for you to take 14.5 USC and them to win by 14. So just keep that in mind if you're taking the Trojans. Uh, It's just not a good price at this current moment. So I like USC team total over 41, UCLA plus 8.5 and and over 53.5 in a teaser. Let's move on. Let's talk about NFL and talk about... We talk about how lucky and fortunate USC was. The Chargers, again and again and again. The definition of insanity is expecting a different outcome when doing the same thing. And that's exactly what the Chargers have been doing for years now. Every single game comes down to the final possession. They find a way to lose it. They're winning. They give up big leads. It's just, you got to feel for these Charter fans out there. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous what they've had to be put through. Um, however, the oddsmakers still definitely respect this Chargers team. Yep. Even though they're 2-6 and six and they're taking on... One of the hottest teams in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins, who a lot of people are thinking, hey, these guys have a chance to win the division, and maybe even more. So you think that the Dolphins at home would be a much bigger favorite. But this is essentially a pick'em game here. We have the Dolphins at minus one and a half right now, and 48 and a half is the total. So what are your thoughts here now, Chris? Chargers at Dolphins, the Chargers continue. you don't even need to watch the game. Just turn on the fourth <laughs> quarter, and yep. you'll know the Chargers at some point are going to be within one possession with the ball. That's all you need to know. This one's Sunday afternoon at 105 from hard rock stadium in Miami.
1: This is one of those instances where the books can really get killed because the books look at it and they'll say, well, this is, you know, the chargers are unlucky, you know, bad bounce of the ball, you know, act of God force majeure, nothing you can do. Um, they're still a good team. You know, we're going to price them accordingly and the public comes in and looks at it and says, ha, like what a deal. I'm going to bet against the chargers here and they kill the books because they hammered the dolphins or, They hammer the Raiders and the Chargers do Charger things and then the books just shake their head in disgust. So uh, I agree with you on that. Turn the game on in the fourth quarter and watch Anthony Lynn stare into space. He's got the they call it like with a thousand yard stare. I call it the Lovey Smith stare in, in the NFL because it just looks looks like he's lost out there. Not sure where he is. Chargers Dolphins under forty eight and a half at plus one hundred and two. This is uh, is a pretty good bet right now. I've seen it at minus one ten, minus one fifteen. That under at some other places. So bet online headed it at plus one hundred and two. Uh, go grab that right away if you are a believer in that under forty eight and a half.
0: Speaking of bet online and being a believer, uh, they are <laughs> our, our sponsor for today. And of course, we are in week ten of the NFL season. Pac twelve football is back. Big ten football is back unless you're an Ohio State fan. SEC football is in full swing. Unfortunately, a few cancellations this week. You can bet on all of these things at betonline.ag. And that's, of course, where we go to get all of our spreads, all of our action. They have great props. They have everything that you'd ever need. And they have an online casino. If you want to chase your winnings, chase your losses on Sunday night, that online casino never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses, again, that's AG and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, I like <clears throat> the Dolphins here, Chris, <clears throat> and this is a team that I've been talking about really since week two or three. Uh, the transition to two has been going well. I'm still so surprised they wanted to do that. But yeah, this is a team that has so many picks, and this is such a strong quarterback class that they had to evaluate two. They had to know whether or not he is the future to sacrifice the season. In order to do so, because clearly with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they are a better team, even though I'd like to. And he looked good last week. They clearly are a better team with a seasoned veteran like Ryan Fitzpatrick. This defense, however, is so stacked, even with a bunch of COVID guys out, Kyle Vinoy and uh, other players that are out for the year. Um, this defense is just so loaded. They have got DBs, they've got linebackers, they've got guys who can get after the quarterback uh, I mean, this offense is just enough where they're they're moving. I mean, look, they they got in a shootout last week with the Arizona Cardinals and still won thirty four to thirty one. They've shut out a team like the Jets twenty four nothing. You saw the defense, of course, when they played the Rams two weeks ago, just how dominant that defense was scoring on that day. So I'm a bit surprised. Yes, I know it's I know the Chargers are are a very good two and six team. They're probably one of the better two and six teams I've ever seen. However, I, I just don't know why, especially given this is in Miami. I would think this would be a three and a half point hook. But instead, you're basically getting the Dolphins at Moneyline, at a pick-em. So I'm taking the Dolphins pretty confidently here. I I haven't seen anything from the Chargers to make me think that this is the week they go out and win a close (laughs) game. Um, You know, they will be there. So if this was like an eight-point spread, I would definitely want to take the Chargers. I think this will be a one-possession game. um, But you're seeing just a bit too much respect from the oddsmakers on this Charger team, traveling across the country to Florida, where they're going to take on a very good Miami Dolphins team, wearing throwback jerseys nonetheless. So I'm taking the Dolphins here at minus one and a half. Now, our final game here is Seahawks at Rams. This is a monumental game, very paramount for the NFC West standings. Of course, the Seahawks have been the darlings of the NFL all season. Russell Wilson was a odds-on minus 200 MVP favorite just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Just like that, he's not anymore. In a couple of rough weeks in a row for Russell Wilson. He's turned the ball over at a very, very high rate. This Seahawks defense is on pace to give up more than 1,000 passing yards over <laughs> the highest total of all time in NFL history. That's how bad this defense is. They did trade for Carlos Dunlap. They did get Jamal Adams back from injury. But this defense is still very porous, which is why Jared Goff, Robert Woods, all these guys, Cooper Cup, fire them up this weekend. Because I do think this is going to be a high-scoring attack for the Rams. Okay. So Rams are actually two-point home favorites. The total on this one is 54 and a half Sunday afternoon at 1.25 p.m., from SoFi Stadium, what are your thoughts here? Seahawks, Rams—a huge tilt in the NFC West.
1: Hey, I've been reading some things this week that it turns out Jamal Adams might actually be terrible, just for whatever bizarre reason. You know, put up some some good numbers in the Jets, but the advanced metrics say he this year he's like, you know, out of out of eighty DBs or something, or eighty safeties. He's uh, he's like seventy fourth, right? He's just he's just terrible. I'm taking the Rams minus a half point again. First half minus half point, First half. Even money, plus 100. I think the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, The Seahawks have really been stumbling. They're traveling, Uh, you know, no 12th man, no home field. They're going to be in LA. And uh, I think this is kind of a a situation where McVeigh feasts, right? Like he takes advantage of a guy like Jamal Adams, the same thing you saw Bill Belichick do, right? Normally, guys avoid the quote unquote team's best player. Uh, but I think McVe- McVeigh is savvy enough to go right after him and kind of exploit the holes in that Seattle defense, just like you said, and uh, light it up. And unless Russell Wilson kind of changes his tune here, a uh, couple turnovers, and I think the Rams could, could very well, uh, you know, blow them out 17, 21 points, something like that. But minus half point, first half, even money.
0: All right. Well, yeah, I, I definitely like the Rams here in this game as well. And that would be a huge, huge win for them in their hopes of trying to win the NFC West. Um, look, I've watched a lot of Seahawks football over these last few weeks, and, and really what it, what it comes down to is they they have injuries at running back. Chris Carson hasn't played. Their backup, Carlos Hyde, hasn't played. So they're having rookie DJ Dallas go out there. It's been very, very inefficient. And everyone knows, Russell Wilson's trying to pass the ball downfield to DK Metcalf. they just trying to pass the ball to, to Tyler Lockett. Um, they don't have much else on that offense, and it's very easy to know what's coming. And when you know what's coming, NFL defense are going to figure it out, which is why you've seen so many turnovers for Russell Wilson over the last couple weeks. I think he's at seven over the last two weeks, four last week. And that was a detriment to their efforts to win uh, in a tough environment at Buffalo. So uh, I I do think, though, that Sean McVay is going to run the ball. I think it's going to be a ball-control kind of game. I do think they're going to score relatively easily. I think Goff's going to have a very good game. But I think, ultimately, they're going to try to control the ball and try to keep Russell Wilson away from that football. So I actually like Seahawks team total under 27. It seems weird just because the Seahawks have been scoring at will and they, you know, look, this could be, uh, you know, a 21 to 10 game, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they could still go out there and score 18 points. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked uh, if that happens. The Seahawks team never gives up and they continually find a way to get themselves back into games. But, 27 points a lot. And this Rams defense is top five in many categories. They have a guy in Aaron Donald. They have a guy in Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to match up very well with DK Metcalf. Um, and so I'm going to take Seahawks team total under 27 here, thinking that the Rams are going to try to control the ball, especially late in that game, and try to keep Russell Wilson off of the field. So I like Seahawks team total under 27. Let's move on to best bet time. What's yours, Chris?
1: I am a big believer in the Raiders now. It's not just because they beat the Chargers, but I think they're turning the corner. Raiders minus three, even money, is my best bet. I think the Raiders are going to the playoffs. I think it's going to happen.
0: They're playing good football, and, and the Broncos have lost a lot. So that's that's an interesting game, obviously an old AFC West rivalry. The Broncos are a team that, that consistently also gets down and comes back. They're kind of the anti-Chargers uh, you saw that come to fruition actually again yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, I think the Broncos are a better team than the numbers indicate. They've had an enormous amount of injuries, and they're a young team kind of starting to come into their own. Uh, if you saw that Jerry Judy touchdown last week, just absolutely sensational route running stuff. Uh, but I agree with you. I like the Raiders quite a bit there. My best bet's actually going into the college ranks. I don't do this very often, but I'm actually taking my team, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, this is a very, very peculiar game. You've got Michigan, first game. Awesome effort against Minnesota. Wow, maybe this is the year Michigan's a bit different. They're talented. They've got Jim Harbaugh. Could they actually run the table with the Big Ten East and, and prove all the doubters wrong? And then they fall flat on their face. They lose back-to-back <laughs> games. It looks like the Jim Harbaugh area is coming to a quick close. Their secondary, despite a couple of five stars, is just as bad as it gets. They're missing one of their best linemen. On the other side, you've got Wisconsin. Looks amazing after their first game. Graham Mertz only one in completion. And then, of course, the news drops the very next day that there's a COVID outbreak with the program. They miss back-to-back weeks. And the difficult part with Wisconsin, Chris, is that – so we know publicly that their starting quarterback, Graham Mertz, uh, got got a positive test the day after the game. So there's a 21-day incubation period or or a period – quarantine period, excuse me, where you can't play. So the 21st day after that Saturday is this Saturday. So in Mm -hmm. theory, Graham Mertz should be able to play by the the blind luck of them playing their (laughs) opener on a Friday – uh, however, there was as reported as much as 14 or 15 other players that were also diagnosed with COVID. And, and you know, Graham Mertz is a, a high-profile player, so that was leaked to the media, and it was not disputed. It was not confirmed, but it was not denied by the Wisconsin athletic staff. Uh, however, the rest of the players, we we don't know. We have no idea who those other 14, 15 players are. They could be starting offensive linemen. They could be starting cornerbacks. They could be special teams players. They could be walk-ons. We, we don't know. However, it does seem to know that Vegas certainly seems to know that, that Graham Mertz is going to play. He's going to hopefully return to practice. I think he returned to practice yesterday, and, and everyone's saying that he should play. But it opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's all the way up to four-and-a-half. I'm seeing that five in some places. If both teams are at full strength, there's no doubt in my mind this Wisconsin team is far, vastly superior to this Michigan team. Uh, but we we just don't know, which is why I think you're seeing this line a bit suppressed. I would not be surprised to see this rise up tomorrow to even six or even seven points. So get it now while you can. Wisconsin minus four and a half. This is a team that still has aspirations of winning the Big Ten West, getting to the Big Ten Championship play, Ohio State, and maybe giving over the hump and getting into the college football playoff. They are the better team than Michigan. There is no home field advantage ever at the big house, actually, but especially when there's no fans there. Um, and so I'm going ahead and take the batter's very confidently, minus four and a half. That is my best bet uh, for week number 10 of the NFL season. I don't even know what week it is in college football. How do, how do you even balance it out? Yeah. The Big 12 is like week 11 or 12. The Big 10 at week four. The pac 12s at week two. It's just uh, there's no weeks when it comes to college football this year. But that that's uh, of, of this show, that's my best bet for football.
1: I'm really interested to see what happens with the college football playoff. What do they do? Are they going to just extend it indefinitely? Or are we going to be playing a college football final in June? Or are they just going to call it and be like, all right, we're taking Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson, and uh, we're just going to go play, right? <laughs> like that. I'll be interested to see what they're going to do. I am not confident they do anything correctly. I think this will be a bit of a train wreck. Uh, the NCAA is often lost at times. What I'm also hoping for is that we actually get to see college basketball. I am dismayed at the Ivy League uh, calling it so quickly.
0: Very early. Um, Yeah. Reminds me yeah. of the Big Ten and Pack 12 in, in college football in uh, yeah. early August.
1: Yeah. Suppose can reverse it, right? But um, right. Right. too much money to be made, right? I think we're going to see college basketball, but uh, I will be dismayed if we don't. Back to back, no March Madnesses. Like, oh, oh, I can't survive.
0: Uh, yeah, that would be tough. And, Well, college basketball, it's, there's smaller teams, right? So it's probably harder to infiltrate the team than it is with football, where there's way more coaches, way more staffers around. Bam. Just like that. You got one person positive and, you know, three or four or five people are are testing positive. I think college basketball, you'll see more infrequent outbreaks, but you already started to see it. A lot of programs have had to shut down already. And if there is an outbreak, I mean, it's one thing to lose a receiver and a linebacker and a couple linemen. It's another thing to lose your starting point guard, your starting center, your starting power forward. I mean, a team can't compete when they lose two three four players and, and you would think that it would spread to the entire team but it's going to be much 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 different with college basketball than it is with any other sports because the teams are so small and you know the spreads are going to change rapidly just based off the availability of one or two players so i obviously college basketball as well it's, it's going to be fun it's going to be interesting to see how they do it this year and hopefully uh the powers that be can make it happen this was episode 63 of Bleed Betting LA. Thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online. For Bet Online, for the Bleed Podcast Network, for SAG Capital, for Chris Lurk, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.